Are you working? What kind of work do you do? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Evening, Commissioner. From the makeshift studios in Malka Hill, New Jersey, it's talking ish with your commission. And I'm back, boys. And you know, I've been through it. Been a tough time here for uh, Commission the family. Passing my mom. It's been a hard, uh, hard, basically like 18 months. She was diagnosed back in like January of 2019, or I'm sorry, 2020. And, uh, you know, we've been dealing with this cancer thing ever since, and it's a motherfucker. Pancreatic cancer. It's one of those when you get diagnosed, immediately you're like, uh oh, not good. Because you know that most people who are diagnosed with that type of cancer don't make it. And for my mom, back in December, she had a surgery to remove a mass, like a like a part of the tumor, or the, what we thought was the whole tumor. And we thought we'd get another, you know, at least year to five years, and we got, you know, about ten months. And that's just how it goes sometimes. Um, you know, I've spent most of my time leading up to this preparing for, you know, her being gone and that whole idea of just like her not being around anymore and what life would be like for me and my fam. What I didn't really prepare myself for was the fact that I would have to watch her go because with cancer, basically what it does is it shuts your body down and then you die. And for my mom, the cancer progressed to a point where, you know, starting back in, like, July, she, like, couldn't eat food anymore. Like, she was throwing everything up she ate. She couldn't keep shit down. In and out of the hospital. Had to put a stint in her, like, colon. It was it was brutal. And just watching her go through that was, was, was rough. But at least we could talk to her. And, you know, we could have a conversation. And, and we had that. But then towards, like, September, October when like she just we just knew that this wasn't going to turn around and at that point they put you on hospice care where they basically pump you full morphine until you kind of drift off and for you know for the two weeks leading up to my mom actually passing my whole family was there and we all got a chance to like talk to my mom and you know tell her we love her and all the things you'd ever want to say to your mom before she goes you know and then at a certain point, she just kind of starts to go in and out. Because, like, there's a combination of your organs shutting down and liver failure and all these other things that kind of make your mind wander. And then, uh, obviously, morphine, <laughs> you know, makes you a little loopy, too. So my mom said some funny stuff, you know. She, at one point, she looked over at me. And she's like, you look very dapper. And I was like, oh, thank you. And I was wearing, like, a sweatshirt and, like, shorts. But by far, the hardest part of all of this was just seeing her there just struggling, like clinging on to life at the end. Because like your your natural reaction as a human being is to just hang on. And at a certain part, point, you know, your body doesn't allow, allow you to go. 
And the thing that I guess gives me a little bit of solace is my mom was a pretty religious person. And she really did believe that she was at peace with what was happening. And I don't know how you have that kind of like strength, but my mom did. And the whole time I'm watching her like slowly like labor, breathing, just progressing, progressively getting worse, uh, like slipping out of consciousness, like that's the shit that ate away at me. And I like broke down, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I sobbed like a little baby for probably like, you know, five days straight, just sitting there holding her hand, just not wanting her to be alone when she died. Like that was the, the only thought going through my head and like. You know, looking back, like, she wasn't even conscious. Like, yeah, they tell you that, like, hearing is the last thing to go. But the last, like, three days, she wasn't really conscious. And, like, we couldn't really talk to her anymore. But right before she kind of slipped into that state, when she was kind of, like, we, we could say things and she would respond. My brother, my little brother, who's been trying to pass his CPA exam for, like, a year and a half. Something crazy like that. Maybe even two years. It's been a long time. The motherfucker's had a hard time passing this test. It's a hard test. He's not a great test taker, to say the least. But pretty much like the last night we had where she was responding to us, he goes and he checks his test scores and he sees he passed. And my dad, when my older brother passed his CPA bottom Rolex, like a really nice watch. And my mom really wanted to be the one to give Eric his watch. And, you know, when he found out the test results, we all obviously like, started freaking out and we told my mom we like had to like shake her back to consciousness but like she she looked up she smiled and i'm pretty sure that was the last time we saw her smile um and she knew and she got to like give him that watch so like that's like one of the cool memories i guess we'll have from the whole shitty experience but i'm really happy that we had that one last thing because then you know she knew that everybody was going to be okay. Everybody was taken care of. And that's pretty fucking cool. So where do we go from here? I don't know. I don't know how you, you move on from this. I don't think there is really moving on. You just kind of figure it out. And you figure out life after your mom. Because like I, I just feel like no matter what, when you lose a family member like this, someone who's just pretty much the backbone of the family... You've got a lot to figure out and it's a lot of like individual things to figure out because you realize like I talk to my mom pretty much every day, every other day and just that alone, it's just someone I would bounce shit off of, you know, uh, like my mom and I were like close. A lot of the stories I tell in this podcast were uh, the first person I bounced the like concepts of how I would tell the story on the podcast was my mom. We would show you know, you owe a lot of content here to conversations we had about just shit that's going on in my life. And, you know, I'm just bummed out that we won't have that, that Charlie won't have that, that oh, that chapter's done. But now we've got to start anew, and I think the family's doing okay in that aspect. I mean, I think we're all grasping the reality of that fact. It's not an easy thing to accept, but you've got to do it, and you got to move on. And part of my healing is just doing the podcast and getting back to normal. So that is probably the one of the last times I'm going to talk about all this depressing shit. Um, but I appreciate everybody's support throughout it. I mean, all of you reached out to me. I really appreciate that. I appreciate everybody who showed up to the services. 
you know, and Dave <laughs> coming afterward, uh, you know, to, to eat and Zach coming over afterward to eat. That was cool. I appreciate that. Tom King showing up too. Tommy, if you're listening, Tom King pops in from time to time <laughs> and he says, what's up? So what's up, Tommy? Tommy two chains. Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you guys and I really love you guys. And I want you to know that you really should never take for granted those relationships you have with your parents. Because one day you might be in my shoes. And some of you, you know, you've already been here, so you know what I'm talking about. It's 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 hard to accept that like you won't have them forever. And you've got a finite amount of time to spend with them, so spend it wisely, fellas. Now to pivot hard into fuck shit fuck land over here in the podcast world. Um I've been watching uh Squid Game. I just finished up and I know I'm not gonna give any spoilers, don't worry. So you don't have to turn the podcast off. But I am gonna talk about the very basic concept, which I don't think is a big secret at this point. So uh you know, it's an interesting show. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh I I mean it kept me very entertained. It's dark, it's twisted, it's different, and I, I really enjoyed it. Um there's a lot of elements in there that I could see us stealing, perhaps, for future endeavors. Just put that out there. Um, but it got me thinking, you know, the, the idea of a squid game where people who are down on their luck can risk death to uh, win some, some bucks. I mean, what's more American of a concept than that? I mean, to me, it's also a good way to kind of do Darwin's work for, you know, survival of the fittest, take out the ones that, you know, are kind of a drag on society. You want to fix the homeless problem in San Francisco? Round those motherfuckers up. Squid Game San Francisco. It would be the most festive of all of the Squid Games in the United States because you know how they are out there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Squid Games, imagine if every major city could just host one and then maybe there's like a, a national one where they all go up against each other. Maybe we don't kill them in that one. Maybe that's more of just like a, a fun challenge. Uh, but the main one's all about like, you know, weeding out weak people and, and murdering them for just the sake of sport. I mean, we used to do it during the gladiator days. We do it with bullfighting. We've just got to get over the fact as a society that if people want to elect to allow themselves to be killed in the name of entertainment, that shit should be allowed. And I know that that potentially opens the doors for exploitation of, you know, minority groups of people. But maybe we can figure out a way around that. Maybe we can throw some people in there like, you know, like the white-collar criminals that need to need to get some kind of retributive justice for their family or some shit. I don't know. We'll just throw all of the debauchery of society into Squid Games for our entertainment. We'll be allowed to gamble on it. And it could be something that generates revenue and builds schools and stuff for kids. Be great. And could you imagine how creative you can get with some of the kids' kid games we used to play? Like dodgeball? Like people are throwing dodgeballs at each other. That You throw that dodgeball and you get hit by that, you're done. But somehow you could catch it. I don't know how they'd make that work. Maybe it's blades on a frisbee. I don't fucking know. I'm not the guy making the games. I'm just here to make suggestions and to potentially gamble on this if it ever becomes legal. But if next year during the draft, you know, in that time period, you get a card with a suspicious symbol on it, you get into a van that gasses you and takes you to an island off the coast of Korea, I might have something to do with it. 
I might not, though. I mean, I might, but I might not. But I might. Anyway, the league has been getting really interesting. A couple weeks have gone by, so I'm not going to go through matchups. Seems a little silly to do matchups because I'd have to do a bunch of them. And let's be honest, I'm pretty fucking lazy. So we're just going to talk about the overall uh, goings-on of the league, where the standings sit after uh, these, I think we're through six weeks of play. Now, let me check that fact real quick. We're going to do a real live-time checking. Yeah, six games. We've played six games so far. We're in week seven, entering week seven today. Out with the kickoff of Thursday Night Football. But when you look around the league, we got pretty much like a four or five team race right now. You got four or five teams that are just floating around there with one who's been really dominating, especially as of late. And kind of the tale of two divisions once again, where I think the Jew division's a little bit stronger than the Gentile division, but uh, we'll talk about both. So if we start with the Jew division, you've got the Tyrant up top, Ty- Tyreeks, my butthole Tyreeks. Um, he's 5-1, and one. he's got the most points for, he's kind of blowing us all out of the water in that department, and just kind of been killing it the last few weeks. Stomped on the old commish uh, in, on his, on his warpath here. And, you know, he is the most decorated person in the league right now. And everybody's hating on him, but, you know, you just hate him because he's great. And that's what that's about. And right underneath him, nipping on the heels, uh, is King Cuck, Mike, managing a good season so far, putting up a lot of points. Um, four and two in the win column. Zach Marone also four and two there in the Jew division, though uh, had some inconsistencies, I'll say. But has a lot of potential. Still a good team. Horsham Thundercunts, our reigning champion, sits at 2-4 in the Jude Division. Not really uh, getting the things to go his way. A couple injuries. And then there's Mark and Lamar Short Bus, also at 2-4. Um, in paintball contention, I'd say. In the Gentile Division, it's a battle for of two teams right now. Um, any team could really jump into the mix, though. Gentile division a little bit weaker. Kamish sitting on top of the Gentile division. This is what the Kamish does. You know, he starts the season a little slow. It has, always has guys get injured in the beginning of the season and then gets healthier as the year goes on and puts together some games. And a few little strokes of luck in management sometimes, and, you know, championships happen. So hoping I can catch a little bit of that magic, but you never know. Uh, so VJ nipping on the heels right behind me, sitting at 4-2, and two, just a few less points for um, and then Jake at two and four uh, feels a very distant two and four from Dave who has the lowest points for in the league but sits at two and four scrapping out a win last week and then at the bottom right now in paintball position is Jof at one and five um, Jof's got a lot of points for relatively speaking more than a couple teams in this league one two three four teams in this league um, I, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things with Jeff. <laughs> I feel like Jeff always has this luck where he puts up points, but he just can't get wins. But what, what, what matters in fantasy football is wins. So that's the breaks, brother. Sucks. So this week, starting today again, as I mentioned with Thursday Night Football, we've got some good matchups. Starting with uh, the guy who's just been tearing it up, my butthole Tyreek Zifo, taking on Jake. Both teams, uh, you know, in well, both teams in very different positions. So Zifo's heading to the fucking moon uh, right now, sitting at five and one, and then uh, Jake's trying to scrap back into some kind of form uh, right now, sitting at two and four, 
lost two straight. Just trying to figure things out and get back into that playoff position that he wanted earlier in the season, a little bit higher up there in the Gentile division. In our next matchup, we've got the Kamish taking on Timmy Tryhard. I think this is our second time meeting already this season, Jove. Uh, Jove having lost three three straight, um, one and five, really looking for a win. Kamish needs a win to continue on, uh, holding on to that first seed right now in the playoffs. Needs to keep putting up points. Just got to fight for what's right. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Uh, in our next matchup, we've got uh, Zach Maron. Or Maron. Sorry, we can't call him Zach anymore. He lost that title uh, against Zifo. I'll have to fight back for it. But it's, uh, Maron at 4-2. and two, uh, Taking on Mark at 2-4. and four. Uh, Two different stories in the Jude division. Where Zach Maron, or sorry, Maron, trying to get into, uh, you know, that top spot. Four and two, he's sitting right there, but a lot of points for in his way. And so he's got to start scoring them points. And then Mark's just trying to claw out of paintball contention right now and maybe swing it into a playoff thing. Like we've seen Mark do this before where he he starts real shitty and then all of a sudden Mark's in the playoffs. How's that work? Uh, so uh, then our next matchup, we got Stein versus Dave. Uh, Horse from Thunder Cunts and Skill Scatter. Both teams at two and four. Sitting in, in that dangerous territory with the paintball flirting. Don't want to go there. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And then in our game of the week, we've got two second place teams fighting for the top spot in their respective divisions. An inter-Gentile uh, Jew matchup, whatever the fuck you call it. Um, we've got King Cuck in second place in the Jew division taking on BJ. My DK hurts. So, uh, look forward to that match of the game of the week, baby. Fucking A right. All right, let's go over to the soundboard and hear from you fellas and uh, get that shit out of the way. Sorry for the late sounder, Brent, but uh, um, just want to say that I love you, brother. You know, you're my boy. Always will be my boy. And uh, I don't think of us as friends. Like, all like all of us here, um, even BJ, who we don't see very often, and... Even Zach Moral, who we don't see very often, we're all brothers, dude. And uh, you really can't find that type of uh, friendship and brotherhood the way that we have it. And I think that we're all very fortunate to have each other and be in each other's lives and continue to be there for each other. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's forever. And, you know, just like I said, we're not friends, we're brothers. And um, we're always going to be there for each other through whatever situations come come at us we're all we're all gonna fight them our way and um just know that we all love each other you know and that's really all that matters in the world well said ml and uh i fucking love you guys and you are my brothers and i want you to know that if you ever need anything you call the commission you need help moving some shit building some shit doing some shit you give me a call we'll do some stuff you need me to fucking bash somebody's fucking head in because they're fucking with you call me up you know i'm good for that so, well said, ML. We'll go back to him. On a little bit of a lighter note, though, uh, Zifo's going down, dude. I don't care who's going to do it. I don't care how it's going to get done. Zifo's got to go down. Bottom line, just has to happen. Just has to happen. Can't let that kid be clanging around with the rings on his finger. It's just not happening. I will not stand for it. And if it's got to be me to do it, I'll do it. I mean, it's not even about the money. It's about a ring 
and it's about taking him down. And, you know, if it's not me, it's fine, as long as it's not him. He cannot win another one. I love the kid. Love you, bro. But you ain't going to win. The haters are coming for you, Zifo. When you win, people put a target on your back. That's how it goes. And Zifo's going to be there. But can we take him down? I think we can. You got to show up when it matters. And those were that's when the going gets tough and the tough get going. You know what I'm saying? Let's go to Zifo. Il Kamish. Sorry about the voice, dude. I'm battling a fucking cold, bruh. I feel like I'm dying. I sound like I'm dying. But another great week for me. Fucking so excited, dude. I'm just so excited about my team. It makes me so fucking excited. Are you excited, dude? You're fucking excited, dude. My bad there. I got really fucking excited, dude. Nah, but for real, uh, I'm on a little grade about me and BJ's uh, trade. Gave up my dog, Cordero, and uh, got pits. I think I won. Let me know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it seems as though Pitts may have figured his shit out. So if that is the case and that continues, then, yeah, I would say you you won quite handily. Let's hear from BJ. Yo, Kamish, what's up? Glad to hear you're back in the studio, brother. Uh, once again, sorry about the loss of your mother. Uh, I've been thinking about you a lot. And I uh, just want you to know that uh, I've been praying for you and I uh, hope you're coping all right. As far as uh, fantasy goes, uh, GG's to Mike, man. You fucking whooped my ass this week. And, uh, yeah, I think if there's any team that uh, I'm rooting for this year uh, besides myself, have to be Mike. Uh, I think he's got a solid squad. And, um, yeah, I think he deserves deserves a ring other than myself. I would say Mark, but, you know, motherfucker's got a ring already, so fuck him. But uh, I'm just hoping my team finally gets back to full strength at some point here. Fucking McCaffrey's really killing me. I haven't really been able to, you know, enjoy my team fully. Just like all my other teams and all my other leagues, just injuries fucking suck. But, yeah, just wanted to check in and say what's up, and I hope you're doing good. And, uh, yeah, talk to you later. Thank you, BJ. I appreciate the kind words. And, uh, yeah, you know, the interesting thing here in the Gentile division is that BJ's big star player here has is, is been sidelined. So once uh, he comes back, if he comes back, because it's still a little bit of a question mark that he could stay healthy, uh, can that tur- turn things around for BJ here in the Gentile division or can he continue to get it done without him? Because we've seen that too. Let's go to, uh, back to Zifo. Skittle Scatler, man. Or Skittle Scatter. Whatever that fucking guy's name is. Dude, when he drafted Mahomes second overall in our draft, the dude thought he was fucking Daniel Jeremiah. It was the worst pick in Farter's history. He's going to get paintballed again. What the fuck, Skittle Scatter? Well, that pick has certainly kind of bit Dave in the ass a bit. And the Mahomes having a tough go so far this season. Um, and Dave also having a tough go. Lowest points for total. Um, being able to squeak out those two wins, but can he sustain it? That's the question. Let's hear from the man himself. Go to David Gray. Finally back in the W column. Feels great. Big matchup with Stein. Let's go, Steiner. 
This is what it's all about, baby. This is the kind of shit you live for right here. All right? There's pressure. What do you know about pressure? So there he is. He's feeling pretty good. He likes the pressure. He he loves being in the ping pong contention. He secretly loves it. Let's go over to a Steino not feeling so good. I have this really big feeling that I'm going to get paintballed in fantasy this year. And it's going to just suck. I hate my fantasy football team. And I especially hate Zach Fox for being a Timmy tryhard. That's it. <laughs> Well, man, there's still a lot of season to go, and your team could figure it out. You did win that championship last year. Don't count yourself out, brother. Uh, let's go over to ML. There's been a lot of talk about people not liking the, the full-point PPR format. I love it. I love the high scores. I think that we should go even higher. I think that we can possibly even implement a two-quarterback league. Now, how fucking crazy would that be? Change some touchdowns to four points. Things would even out. But... I think there's only room for improvement here. And I want to see multiple people in the 200s in years to come. I, I think the more points, the better. Right? You know, it's offense, 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 dude. LF fucking D. I mean, I don't know about some of your fantasy land bullshit, but I do enjoy the one-point PPR. I think that is a nice addition here to the uh, the scoring system. I think it makes your roster management a little bit more important. Your drafting more important because you've got to get guys that get catches, that get targeted. That's the name of the game. It's about drafting guys who get a lot of offensive opportunities because offensive opportunities equate to points. Points equate to wins. Wins equate to championships. Let's go over to Jake. Fucking Stein shares a... A cool graphic showing uh, QB stats. Oh, look, Sam Darnold's one of the worst QBs in the league. Yeah, I get it, all right? I get it. I figured there's no way he sucks this bad two weeks in a row. But he did. He did. Three points. What are you going to do? Three points. Should have beaten Mark, but I got three points from a professional quarterback who looks eerily similar to John Faford. Three points. Won't make that mistake again. If he goes off this week, I'm going to drive to North Carolina. I'm going to murder Sam Darnold. I have to make it known, Spotify, that this podcast does not condone murder. Fully, that is. Um, yeah. Gosh, Darnold, dude. It's a tough tough thing to have to spot start quarterbacks during like bye weeks and shit. Or just because you didn't draft one well. Especially in this league where quarterbacks can get you a, a decent amount of points. So, sorry, buff. Sorry, bro. Uh, let's go over to Mark, Mr. Hamilton. Yo, Brent and gang. Lamar Short Bus here. Got a W. Out of paintball contention. Let's go. Me and Jamie are walking over uh, from dinner to check out the show. Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. Alexander, Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton. Is that what they is that what they sing? Something like that, right? I don't know. Anyway. Uh you got anything else, Jim? What was the restaurant we went to? It was good. Uh, ancient Spirits ancient, and ancient Grill spirits. was amazing. Ancient Spirits and Grill. Let's go. All right. Peace out. Ancient Spirits and Grill. That sounds like a fucking haunted house. But yeah, man, enjoy Hamilton. It's a pretty dope show. And yeah, you pretty much nailed it. That's how the show goes. It's but there's rapping. And it's like sing song, talk, spoke poetry type rap. 
like what you'd see like a bunch of like theater kids do. But it's pretty cool. It's different. It's different than your average musical. Let's wrap this bitch up with Steino. Tomorrow is also Margaret and I's <clears throat> five year anniversary. And I'm gonna give her some wood. <laughs> well, happy anniversary to the Steins. Uh my five years coming up here too. Uh, I I too plan to give some heavy wood. So that's uh your soundboard. Thank you all for checking in. And uh, hopefully we can maintain this stride here with the podcast and get things going, get some better stories so it's not all just sad city up in here. And hey, Steino, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but uh, Jan and I are not going to be able to make Maggie's birthday party. Unfortunately, it's the same weekend as my dad's birthday. Um, and this year, being that, you know, shit's a little rough right now, we have to we have to be there. So I hope you'll understand We'll try to send a nice gift. Maybe we can coordinate something that is actually useful so I don't send you something that's just junk. Um, Hopefully we can all get together soon. You know, I'd love to get drunk and fucking just just let, let loose a little bit. Um, So hopefully meet Hanada. I haven't met her yet. A lot of you guys got to meet her. I'd like to uh, do that too. So we'll figure it out. But uh, this one's uh for Dave. He's playing it earlier. It's in my fucking head now, so... It's been talking to your commish. We'll see you next time. Turnbull. Right. Respect me. Let's go.